In December 2017, I checked my checking account balance for my business and I had about $20,000 in the bank account. And that may sound like a lot of money, but at the time I was doing over seven figures in revenue and had massive operational costs. So I basically almost ran out of money. Isn't that crazy? So on today's episode, episode 35 of Brave and Boss the podcast, I'm going to share with you what I learned that month and going forward by almost running out of money. Let's do this. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, founder of the ethical fashion brand Encircled, host of this podcast, business coach for Marie Forleo's B-School, as well I do my own coaching. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. It means so much for, to me that you've decided to invest the next 20 minutes or so with me. I love meeting new people. So if we haven't met yet, come on over to at Christy Sumer, that's K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram and say hello. I'm no longer running my Brave and Boss Instagram account. It's still there, but I'm not updating it. Decided to make a decision about a month and a bit ago to just simplify my business under one brand name. Just so much easier than managing two brands. So this episode is going to be super real. If you are new to the podcast, you may not know, but I am authentic. If nothing else, I always share the real deal. And if you're a repeat listener, thank you so much for coming back. Um, This episode is going to walk through the month that I almost ran out of cash in my business and how I managed it, uh, what I did differently going forward. And I'll give you some context as to what led up to that as well because i think it's important so that if you are growing and scaling your business right now which i hope you are um you can kind of keep a watch out for these things because it's really important um to manage your cash when you're a product-based business so this let me set the scene for you first so it's december 2017 i live up in canada so it's cold really really cold snowy and um, it's just around the beginning of the month and I'm logging into our business bank accounts and just having a look around and I look at the balances on our checking account and it's about $20,000, give or take. Maybe I think it was 25. Um, And that may sound like a lot of money. However, uh, at the time we were doing just over a million dollars in sales I think it was like around 1.2 or 1.5, something like that. Um, So I had a big expense base as well. So I had, at the time, I think 10 people on the payroll. Um, We had, we were doing lots of production because we just uh, closed off Black Friday. Um, And I had no money. And nothing freaks you out more than on December 6th, realizing year end is coming up you have payroll due, you have all these production bills due, and you don't have cash. So 
let's talk about first how I got here. <laughs> so 2017 was a massive year of growth for me and my business. I had been in the business that was 2017 was my third year in the business full time. And the business has basically been my ethical fashion business had been, you know, quadrupling every year, which if you've done this with a business, you'll know it's really difficult to manage, especially if you're running a product based business, because you have to make product and inventory to supply. And it's a lot of cash outlay. Um, and up until this point, we had taken on a small round of angel investment. However, I hadn't really um, I hadn't really done anything else from like, a, we hadn't really accrued many savings because we were just investing in the business and investing in that top line growth um, of the revenue. So, you know, the year was going crazy. Everything we were doing was working. We were doing a ton of Facebook advertising, uh, lots of influencer stuff, you know, growing massively. And, you know, it's interesting because if you're listening to this and you've got, you know, a, a university or college degree in some specific area, um, you'll know that sometimes like what you know and what you've learned in school is the thing that you just don't even pay attention to the most. You would think that, you know, I took finance in school and economics that I would be a numbers person, but I'm not really. I mean, I like analytics and numbers, but I'm not somebody who likes to live in cash flow and bank statements. I just gives me a headache, to be honest. Um, but I was growing so fast that, you know, in 2017, I was like, well, we keep growing, we're growing 100%, 200%. You know, we must be making money. That was my assumption in 2017. And what I didn't realize was that we were making revenue. However, our cost base was so high with all of the stuff that we were doing the payroll, the ads management. I had hired somebody to manage our ads who was very expensive. Um, his investment in like the ad spend, um, product cost, cost of goods sold, you know, our margins weren't as good as they are now. We, our pricing wasn't um, high enough and we didn't have the right systems in place to retain customers really. We didn't have flows in place and all that good stuff. So um we were struggling so enter december 2017 and me realizing that we have no money so you may think like you may ask the question what happened to your angel investment money well um a not so wise banker told me to lock it into a um because we were only using part of it at first they were like lock it into this like gic which in canada is like basically like a savings bond um, and you have to hold it for a certain amount of time and you can't um, take it out. So that money was locked up. So I didn't even have access to it. And we had, yeah, about 20 grand in the bank account. Now, I've talked a little bit about some of the things that happened here um, to create this situation. But one of the most important things I think that I don't want to gloss over is that I wasn't watching the financials. Not just I wasn't watching how much revenue is coming in, but I was not paying attention to cash flow. And cash flow is very different than sales. Cash flow is essentially when the cash actually hits your bank balance. So let's say you do a sale and let's say today is June 30th. The actual cash from that sale probably won't hit your bank until July 4th if you're on Shopify, let's say. Because Shopify payouts take a while to um, be dispersed. 
Um, or if you use PayPal, it just may take a couple of days to transfer out of that account into your bank account. So that can make a big difference because let's say that you have um, $10,000 worth of bills due on June 30th and you're not getting the cash until July 4th. So that is a problem. And basically what had happened at this time was we just run Black Friday. We doubled down on so much stuff. We'd done massive, massive sales on Black Friday. However, the money wasn't hitting our bank yet. Um, it was massive payouts. They were stuck. Some of them were stuck in PayPal. Some were stuck in Shopify payments. And I had to make payroll. So immediately um, I had, did a couple of things. And this is where the lessons really start for you on how you can manage scaling really quickly and fast growth, growth without going out of business. So number one, I spoke with my suppliers. So this is why supplier relationships are so, so important. Many of our suppliers and contractors have been working with us since like 2013, 2012, since I started um, off and on. And these are relationships where um, they're really important. We've always made our best efforts to pay our bills on time, to pay early if we can. Um, we don't take advantage of our suppliers, even if they are lax with payment terms and et cetera. Um, we try to do our best to keep them afloat because if everybody stays in business, everybody succeeds. Um, not everybody works that way. I realize that. Um, and some people would probably say our strategy of doing that isn't very smart because we could be getting extra leverage by um, getting uh, not paying suppliers on time. But it's just something that we feel like is really important for us ethically to do. So immediately I contacted my suppliers and I said, listen, I'm having a cash problem and I really need you to help me out. Um, so our main fabric supplier was able to extend us terms, which was the first time we were able to get terms, which for some reason are in terms, just so you're aware, is like net 30. So you don't have to pay for 30 days um, on our fabric purchases. And this is a very large supplier that we've worked with for a long time. And at that point, I think it was about five years. And that's the only time we were getting terms because terms in fashion are really hard to get because it's such a high risk business. Um, so step one is ask your suppliers for terms, see if they can extend them. When you get bigger and bigger, you're going to have to run longer and longer lead times on product development, and you're going to need more fabric and inputs. And the more you can kind of um, bridge that gap between making the product and selling the product and make it smaller and smaller for when the costs are due, the more efficient you'll be with your cash. So let's say you buy fabric today, you're making your product, it takes about six weeks. Um, if you have to pay today for that fabric, that's a big outlay. But what if you don't have to pay for like 30 days, then that's a little bit better. And then when it's ready, you could do a pre-order and then you almost have no cash outlay. My other step was to talk to another supplier who um, does a lot of our sewing and ask them for grace. Now, I'd never asked any of our um, factories for terms. Um, it's just, again, something that doesn't really happen, at least in Canada, because the run sizes are so small. I know this is something very common overseas, but here um, it's not common, but they were very gracious and they let me pay a whopping sum of, I think it was like $15,000 in the next fiscal year because I just couldn't afford it in that month. Um, and this is another lesson. So when you're running out of money, you have to prioritize your expenses. And for me, prioritizing my payroll was super important because my employees need to get paid. 
I need my employees to be happy, healthy, and able to pay their bills. There's just too much of a cascading effect if you don't pay your employees. So at the end of the day, um, you really have to focus on what matters the most. And for us, you know, payroll and rent are pretty key. Rent because in Canada, unfortunately, or the commercial landlord laws, they can like evict you after like one non-payment of rent. So rent was critical. And then after that, it was pretty much payroll. So I went kind of tail between my legs and asked my suppliers for grace and they were able to extend it. And that made such a massive dis- um, difference to um, being able to rebound from this. So the other thing I learned about running out of money was cash flows king. And I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but I think it's super important to take this in and really understand it, that even if you're making really great top line revenue, so really great gross sales on your products, you really need to closely look at your margin and your net sales and your net profit. Once you hit a certain level with your business, you should be having accountants do profit and loss statements for you monthly. And the reason is, is because you need to know um, both what your expense and cash position is for the month and for the year at all times. Um, you know, they're never going to be, they're not 100% um, efficient in the sense that it takes a while for accountants to close the month. So generally it'll take three weeks after the end of the month, but then at least you would know. And the thing I was doing was I wasn't really looking at the numbers. So I was looking at them. I saw that they were kind of in the negative, um, but I was like, well, we'll just make it up in revenue. What I didn't realize is that investing in growth at that high of a rate that we were doing at the time with paid ads was really eating into our margins. And the cost of the freelancer who was doing our ads was so high that it was running us into debt. Um, So this is where savings are important and having runway is really important. So runway is basically just financial, um, I guess, financial capability to run your business at a loss. Um, This is something that sounds insane, but it is totally part of the startup world. So many startups run completely at a loss. If you think of something like an Amazon who's no longer a startup, of course, but Amazon basically makes no profit. They just reinvest back into everything they're doing for top line growth and um, their business. So a lot of businesses do that. You, it's pretty common to see startups, like really high growth startups, running in the negative and just raising capital to be able to fund the growth of their business model until it's profitable. One of the challenges is that a lot of these business models aren't profitable, so they can't even get to a profit point. So it's not like they just have a bunch of startup costs and they need to hit a certain level. It's just that the way it's set up just doesn't work. So a few, I think it was like a year ago, there was a um, personal care brand, I think it's called Brandless, I'm pretty sure. And it became very heavily invested in by VC funds. And basically the concept was like, there's no brand on these products of personal care and home good products. And therefore it's cheaper because there's no brand and the costs are lower, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, um, brand you are a brand just by being out there. You have to be a brand to be able to get awareness. So, and their business model wasn't set up for profitability. Their costs were um, really high and their cost of acquisition was really high for customers. And then they just started running out of money. And then they realized one day they had to declare bankruptcy because the way they'd set up their um, profit margins didn't make sense. 
which is sounds crazy, right? Like who would set up a business that's not profitable? But this happens all the time. The startup world is rife with this. And it's important not to get um, caught up in this because when you have an investor, they may push you in this direction. And I'm not saying my investor did, but they'll push you to grow for sure because they want you to grow. And you need to be the one watching that bottom line because at the end of the day, you are responsible if you're the majority owner for maintaining a profitable business. So savings are important. Having that runway is important. And what we've seen now more than ever during COVID is that having that kind of like at least three months, maybe ideally six months of operating expenses covered and sitting in an account where you can't touch it, that's important. And I know that's a lot of money for people to kind of squirrel away. But man, I am glad we had that because otherwise we would have been totally screwed in COVID. And I almost lost, I mean, I came very close to having to like take out lines of credit and re-inject personal capital into the business in December 2017 because I was not being fiscally responsible. So that kind of leads into my learning um, number four, what I learned about almost running out of money. So have a backup to your backup. So everybody kind of has like a plan B. So like, what if XYZ happens, I will do this. Now, what we've seen in COVID-19 is that our backups needed a backup plan, because the backup plan couldn't be a plan because everything was just so screwed up in the world. You know, when everything shuts down, your backup plan goes to crap. So if you're a retail store solely dependent on retail sales, and you had to shut down, and you didn't have an e-commerce website. Wow, maybe you built a website really quickly, but you should probably at a baseline had that and at a minimum had a backup plan to that e-commerce website store if like the shipping couldn't happen this is not popular advice in the venture capital or um, angel investing space but at the end of the day it's your business and you want to be um, solvent you don't want to have to declare bankruptcy like all those brands you're watching those brands that are declaring bankruptcy didn't have a backup to their backup let's be real all right so the last thing i learned about almost running out of money is watch and know your numbers so i talked about the profit and loss statements so really understanding your analytics is key um so analytics and finances are slightly different so financials would be more around that profit and loss statement a cash flow statement i do weekly daily cash flow updates at encircled um, to understand my cash position at all times um it takes a lot of time to do it, yes, but it's super important. It's something I've been trying to offboard, but it's just very complex. Um, and then know your analytics. So the other thing I talked about that I touched on very briefly was that I had hired this Facebook ads person to run my ads, and the ads looked like they were doing great. He was spending a lot of money, the most money we've ever spent on ads at that time in 2017, and he was charging a massive fee that was somewhat connected to ad spend. So there was like... Um, a bit of unpredictability to it. But what I didn't work into the numbers was his fee. So seeing his, um, seeing the ad spend and the return on ad spend, I'm like, that's great. But once I added in his fee, the return on ad spend went down massively. So know your cost of customer acquisition. That is so important. Know your customer lifetime value. These are metrics that the customer lifetime value you can get out of Google Analytics if you've got that set up. And there's other analytics apps that you can install to help you figure this out. 
But at the end of the day, it's an average of how long somebody roughly stays with you and spends how much money they spend with you. So as an example, if you have a customer lifetime value of $200, you kind of know that you can afford to spend, let's say, well, you can afford to spend up to $200, but I don't recommend doing that um, to acquire that customer. Ideally, you want a ratio of somewhere between, I think they say like three to one. So you'd want to spend like, let's say like $70 to get that $200 customer or something like that. Um, the goal really is to drive your customer lifetime value up. You want customers to stay longer and spend more money with you because it's cost money to get them in the first place. That's advertising, right? What we've seen paid advertising costs money. Um, so you need to really be tight on your numbers, know your margins, know your costs. And if you are working with contractors who are running your ads or spending money on your behalf, be very certain that they understand that as well, because they need to be um, guardians of your money as well. Um, you know, it's not their money at the end of the day. So you need to be kind of on top of them and meeting with them weekly to really understand what they're spending on and to get into the details of the numbers. Cause one thing I didn't realize too, with, um, you know, the return on ads, but when I talk about that with, um, Facebook ads at that time in 2017 was, you know, it looked really awesome and high, but there was a lot coming from repeat customers, which are great. But a lot of those customers we could have gotten anyways through like email sequences and stuff like that that are free essentially. So you really need to be building up your new customer funnel always and then have the mechanisms in place to take those customers and turn them into repeat customers. All right. So that was like a fully open, <laughs> authentic experience of when I almost ran out of money. And I mean, the conclusion of the story is that I was able to get through that month. I was able to make payroll. I cut myself out of payroll briefly. Um, I, you know, deferred supplier payments. And, you know, I was able to get out of that locked in GIC in, I think it was like in February the next year. Um, and we were able to f free up some cash flow, but it was a very stressful time in my life. And I actually almost got an ulcer. Um, so there you go. It manifested itself physically in my body as well. So that's something I never want to experience again. And the reason why I'm telling you this story is because I don't want you to experience it ever either because of the stress that it exudes on your business and your relationships and yourself. Now, um, so what I would suggest as takeaways as we wrap up this episode is that just to go over these tips. So number one, suppliers relationships matter. So how can you cultivate better relationships with your suppliers? How can you make that a priority? Number two, cash flow is king. Learn what cash flow is, learn how to track it, track it weekly or daily, whatever makes sense for your business. Three, savings are important. So build up that kind of emergency savings fund. You will not regret it. Number four, have a backup to your backup make backup plans for backup plans. As we've seen in COVID-19, we need those. Number five, watch and know your numbers, not just your financials, but your analytics as well. All right. So my call to action to you today is to get into your numbers. So have a look at those profit and loss statements. If you're still small and you feel like you can't do it monthly, do it. Um, have your accountants pull them, um, halfway through the year and give you a position of cash and profitability halfway through the year, just so you know. Um, this is so, so important. So my call to action is to follow me on Instagram at Christy Sumer and, you know, find the post where we talk about this almost running out of money moment, because I promise you there will be one and leave a comment. Let me know what you thought. Was it helpful? Uh, what did you learn? And how are you going to do things differently in your business? 
And if you haven't already, join our free Facebook group. It's at facebook.com slash group slash Brave and Boss. Uh, we've got a great group of e-commerce entrepreneurs in there, all who want to learn and grow together. And it's totally free. All right. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. for listening to brave and boss the podcast if you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com where you can find all the show notes free resources and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store you can also follow me at k-r-i-s-t-i-s-o-o-m-e-r on instagram find your purpose make it happen i'll talk to you soon